Please do have a seat. And um, I'll give a bit of an introduction that we're in the middle of a sort of a three-part little series in John chapter 15. Um, actually, it'd be good to have some Bibles. I don't know if there's uh, some Bibles at the back. If you've brought your own Bibles or you'd like a Bible, there, uh, there can be some made available, which would be good. Jesus is like, if you, you can think of this section of John, it's quite a long section of John's Gospel, chapters 13 to 17. He's kind of, it's what he really wants to say to his disciples then and now. He can see it like that. He took a long time. And John the Apostle recorded it for us. These are the things that Jesus wanted to say to his own. So that's where we're at. And it's good to have the Bibles open together. I've also got, I'm just going to get my props. I have some uh, no expense spared props for you today. Uh, but let's, why don't we read? Let's read the Bible first. So it's John chapter 15. I think if, uh, if your Bible's the same as mine, which I think they are roughly, uh, it's page 1083, John chapter 15. Around about 1,083. And I'm just going to read from verse 9. Let me read you these words. This is what, this is what Jesus is sharing with his very own, his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right, here we go. Here's the high-level sort of illustration for you. Are you ready for this? I take it, I take it it's true that we all want to be loved. I think that's true, isn't it? We all want to know uh, the care and concern of others for us. We want to know that we're missed. We want to know that we're precious. It fills us up. It fills, it makes us whole. So when, I don't know, when you spend time with me, I, I feel loved. When you, uh, I don't know, when you, when you make, some, make me a nice meal, a meal that I like, you've really taken some care over it and you've made it just the way I like it, I feel loved. When you, um, when you put an arm on my shoulder, and you cry with me or you rejoice with me because there's something going on in my life. I feel 
loved. I don't know, when you take me to, uh, I don't know, the train station or something, because I, <laughs> I I've got some luggage, I need a lift. When you take me out shopping, because I can't, I can't do it, because I don't know, uh, or I, I've got COVID, I'm at home, and you go out to the shops for me and you help me out there, you know? When I'm ill and you visit me, I feel loved like that. It fills me up. But there you go, there's my life in a Pyrex jug. It fills us up when we feel loved like that. But the other thing is, we like, it's true that we want to love. It's true that we want to love other people as well, right? That's true, but it does feel costly. You know, you, it feels like, it certainly feels like we're going to be using up love resources. So it kind of feels like, well, if I have to spend my day off, you know, helping you when I'd rather actually be just going out, well, that feels like giving, giving up. Or if I, you know, if I have to use up my money, we use those things that are precious to me for the sake of you, that feels like, feels like a pouring out, feels like these things are costing me, right? It's a very, very crude illustration, this, but the point I'm trying to make is if, if we see ourselves much like a sort of a Malteser jug and we need filling up and that's, uh, we get resourced, we feel loved, and then we give it out like that, then it can get us into a bit of a deadlock, right? Because I'll, I'll want to love the kind of people who might love me back. Because I don't want to be empty. I don't want to be spent and empty of my resources. I don't want to end up like that. And so I might be quite wary of who I choose to love. I might be quite guarded. Perhaps you're the kind of person who, up to this point in your life, when you've loved others, it's been a one-way road. It's felt like a one-way street. When I've given out love to other people, I've not had it back. And so you're a bit worried, really. You're gonna, you worry that you're going to end up empty with nothing and resourceless like that to worry. And so you can be quite guarded about who we love, who I pour myself out toward. Because we need, don't we? We need a filling. We need to be loved more than anything else. In fact, let me put it to you like this. We need to know the love divine the love of god in our lives it's what we were made for we were made for that but the story of humanity is this let me just give you the like this is an overview i think of what it might mean to share share what's happened in god's world the story of humanity is we've turned our backs on this god we've gone our own way we've chosen our own way and our own wisdom and we've turned our backs therefore on the love of god We were meant to receive that love, but in turning away from God and turning away from his ways and his wisdom, we've turned our back on his love. And so we end up with this scenario. We've got to fill our own tank or empty our own tank. It's all our own resources like that. But then the Bible is at great pains to show us that whilst we were enemies, whilst we were turned, whilst we were turned away from from the living God, He has loved us so much. So much that he's given 
himself entirely for us. And we see it supremely, don't we, where Jesus, when Jesus is there on the cross, giving himself for us, we see that is how powerful the love of God is for us. And then the Christian is, Christian basically is, think back to last week's sermon, I don't know if everyone was here, but the vine and the branches, there is Jesus the vine, he's like a vine stem, and as we're connected into Jesus, we're connected into God, and we receive again that love of God, it comes flowing through, it comes flowing, it's like through him, through Jesus the vine, the love of God comes pouring through to the branches, comes through to us. We're reconnected. And we know, don't we? It's not that God loved us a little bit, like a few, I don't know, like a few Maltesers like that. We know that God's love isn't like that. In fact, the Bible tries so hard and in so many different ways to go, no, the love of God is more like this. Like an endless supply. It pours out like that. Like a, wonder, like a vast river is the love of God. And it's like an end. It's, when we're connected into the love of God, it's like a source, a fountainhead, a supply that fills us up like this. So that when we're linked into that, when the love of God is filling us, it doesn't matter really that I have to keep giving out because the supply just keeps coming in. Do you see how that works? It's, I mean, it's a silly little illustration, really, with Maltesers, but the idea is, the idea is, if I can, if connected to Jesus, I'm receiving the love of God into my life and into my heart, then that frees me up. It enables me to love others, to pour myself out. It might be an outpouring. Yes, it might be a, a self-giving. Yes, it might be sacrificial, but because I've got the flow, because the love's coming in, I don't need to be so worried. I don't need, I don't need to be so guarded. Now that is basically the message of John 15, 9 to 17. That's basically it. And I don't know if, I mean, people who've listened to me preach for quite a while, this kind of is the sermon that kind of sits underneath almost every sermon I preach. I mean, this is the thing I get probably most passionate about that when we know the love of God, that is, transfer I mean, that is the difference that it makes to be a Christian. We're connected to Christ, connected to God, reconnected to his love. In it comes, and it allows us then, it frees us up to love one another. And that is Jesus' command to his disciples, to his church, love one another. And that's basically it. That's basically the... The message and to know that the love of God is such a vast ocean I'm going to try and show you that in a moment that Welsh writer the um at the revival at the time of the revival beginning in the 20th century he wrote here is love vast as the ocean loving kindness is a flood when the prince of life our ransom shed for us his precious blood who his love will not remember does anyone know this song who his love will not remember. Who can cease to sing his praise. He will never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal days. Listen to verse 2. This is what the Welsh men and women and children were singing in the revival. On the mount of crucifixion, fountains opened 
deep and wide. Through the floodgates of God's mercy flowed a vast and gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers flowed incessant, never ceasing from above. And heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love. When they were in the middle of a revival in Wales, at the beginning of the 20th century, that was the hymn they were singing. So great and vast, unmeasured is the love of God. And I just want to try and tap into that, really, for the next few moments. So let's just see it. We're going to see it twice in this section in John 15. Firstly, in verses 9 uh, to 14, and then 15 to 17 like this. So let me just show you these few things. And uh, these Maltesers will be available to partake in the love of God in chocolate form at the end of this service. All right. 9 to 14. Jesus starts like this. This is what he says to his disciples. He says, now just get this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now let me stop there. Say it again. As the Father has loved me, says Jesus, so have I loved you. Now just picture this. Picture nothing. Uh, The universe isn't with us. Everything you see around you isn't here. All we have before anything is a loving God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there... In that divine community, there is only endless sharing, loving, fellowshipping, pouring out one for the other in the powerful life of the Spirit. There they are, Father and Son, in eternity past, forever. I mean, this is the reason why, Christians, we delight, don't we, in the Trinity. It's not some singular entity that we worship but a community, a loving community of three persons, one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, delighting in each other, the Father pouring himself out to the Son, the Son receiving that love in the power of the Spirit. And you see it, you get glimpses of it. Think of the baptism of Jesus. When there he is, Jesus goes into the water, he's being baptized, he's like identifying with me and you and all of the humanity, there he is in the waters, and in that moment, as, he had, you know, as he's being baptized by John the Baptist, it's like the father can't contain himself any longer. He sort of shouts out from heaven, here he is, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. And all the gospel writers hear it. Matthew and Mark, they record it. We heard it. We heard an audible voice and then the spirit came down. It's like the father just burst forth. I can't contain it any longer. I'm going to speak it out. I love you. I'm pleased with you. Now, see, Jesus, he receives that kind of love. That's the love he receives, right? And he's saying in this verse, the love he passes on to us is unhindered, unabated. He doesn't funnel it. He doesn't restrict the flow. He doesn't say, well, I'm receiving this awesome, loving grace and fellowship with God. I'm going to give you a bit of that. I'll give you, I'll give you a little taster. 
You know, you can have a bit. I'm going to funnel it a little, just restrict it. You can taste it. Now he goes, as, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I've opened the gates right up. The floodgates are right up. I'm just a channel. Like the, Jesus is like, I am going to channel the love that I receive just straight on through to you so that you know it fully, unabated, unstopped, unrestricted. The love of God like that. Which is why he basically then says to us, to his disciples, don't stop the flow. Right, that's essentially what he then goes on to say. He says, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, is what he says. And then verse, uh, verse 12, he says, my command is this. Right, here's my command. To keep my commands, remain in my love. What is the command of Jesus? Love one another. Love each other. That's what he says. That is it. My command is this. Love one another as I have loved you. Don't stop the flow. As Christians, we're receiving the flow. Here it comes from God like a mighty river flowing down through Jesus to us. And then Jesus is saying, don't stop the flow. Do you know we've um, in a... We have midweek groups here at St. John's. I don't know if you're part of any midweek groups, but one of them is Read the Bible Together, which is uh, one that runs out of my house. And we've been reading John. So this is the Gospel of John. And he also wrote some letters. He wrote three quite short letters. And, uh, and he's very, very passionate about this subject. In fact, he says, to the point where he says multiple times, if you, don't, if you hate a brother or sister, you're not a Christian. I mean, he actually just says it as bluntly as that. He goes, he cannot imagine, basically, anyone who's received the love of God. It's just not possible not to love a brother or a sister. He said, that's just, that, no, that won't happen. He said, if, you're, if you don't love one another, if you hate someone in the church, if you hate a brother or sister, nah, you're not a Christian. He's, he's so straightforward. He's like, if you know that flow... If you know the love of God like that, it, it, it can do nothing else but resource you for loving others. That's basically that's what he says about seven times in 1, 2, and 3 John. And Jesus is saying the same thing. He's like, remain in my love. Don't, don't stop the flow. This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Love one another. That's what he says. And he says, you know, as we look at Jesus, of course, we're seeing the one who gave of himself to the uttermost, even to death for us. And he says, greater man has, greater love has no one than this, and he gave up his life for his friends. And so if you feel that kind of love, limitless, the limitless love of God coming towards you like that, where God has said, I will do anything, anything for you, anything then he knows that that will produce in his disciples the same sort of love. I'll do anything for you, dear brother. What is it you need? What is it you need? And you notice he says, I say this, he says this to you, that verse there, I say this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Joy! Isn't it true to our experience? 
Check me out on this one. Is it not true that the people we know who are most loving, most self-giving, most sacrificial, most servant-hearted, who give of themselves the most, are they not the most deeply joyful, satisfied, replenished, resourced, replete people we know? Are they not? It's been my experience. People who know that kind of love from the Lord and who become a channel of that love to others, they know. They do, don't they? They know joy. Real joy. Not just like fairground rides. Not just a bit of fun. Deep. It's true that. And then basically, he just repeats the idea again. I mean, he knows what his disciples are like, I think, Jesus. He's like, I know, these, I know this bunch. I've walked with these guys for three years now. They're a forgetful bunch. I'll just say it again. <laughs> so that's basically what he does in John chapters, uh, in, in verses 15 to 17. He says this, we might have it actually. I no longer call you servants. This is the kind of the servant. It's so great, by the way, that we did, I am a friend of God at the beginning of the service, because that is, here's a great text. Someone says to you, really? You can call God a friend? Yeah, you can. <laughs> and it's here. Well, it's in a couple of places, but it's at least here. I no longer call you servants, says Jesus, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for, and here's the channeling idea again. Can you see this? Here's the, here's the channeling. Everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Right, do you hear that? In fact, the word there, you could, you could translate it as heard. Everything I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. It's not stopped up in any way. I've not stopped it up. I've not funneled it down. Everything I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So we're not in this kind of servant-master relationship where, do you know, if you, were, um, if you weren't my friend... Right, this, I think this is the idea Jesus is trying to share. When, when someone's not our friend, particularly, you'll, you'll kind of filter what you might share with them. You wouldn't go all the way into telling them maybe the deepest secrets of your life, the things that are most on your heart, the things that are most pressing. You would stop short of that. But with a real friend, you'd be prepared to share everything what's really going on, what's really on your heart, you would do that. I heard a friend described um, as someone who never lets you down and who lets you all the way in. A friend is someone who never lets us down, I'll never let you down, and I'll always let you in. So you can see on the cross, can't you, that Jesus never lets us down. He's gone all the way for us, no matter what it takes. And he lets us all the way in to the private life of the Father and the Son. So it just, the image that came to my head is, because I'm a father with my own children, the image that came to my head was, um, sometimes my children just jump into bed with me on a Saturday morning, whatever, having a bit of a lazy morning. 
The kids come and jump into bed. They snuggle up with their dad. I grab them, I squeeze them tight. I'll tell them things in their ear that I wouldn't say to other people. I'd say, come here. I love you. Give you a kiss. Give them a kiss on the cheek, their little squidgy cheeks. I love you, lad. You're precious to me. Come here, give me a cuddle. Those are the kind of things my children hear me say to them. They hear that. Now Jesus is saying, can you see? He's letting us in. What I've heard my father say to me, I pass on to you. It's the same with like the wisdom. It's the same with my own children. Like if, if there's anything I've learned in life, if there's any wisdom I have in life, if there's anything I think, yeah, that's worth sharing, of course I'm going to share it with my child. Like if there's anything I think would be helpful for my children, I'm going to share it with them. Similarly with Jesus, he hears and he shares like that. It's so close. It's wonderful, isn't it? And then he does the same thing. So given that, we, given that this is the kind of relationship we have, this is the flow, given that that's the situation, he says, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will last. Go and do it. Go and do likewise. Don't stop the flow. As it's coming down, keep, keep it going. Keep it flowing out to one another like that. And then finally, I'm going to just touch on a verse that I didn't really speak about last, last week, which is that one that usually gets us thinking as Christians, the one where Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, the Father will give you. Right? Whatever you ask. We had it in verse 7 last week in a very similar way. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask for in my name, I will give it to you. And that's true, isn't it? Because if you imagine yourself in the middle of this flow of God, the love of God coming through Jesus to you and on on through to others, if you imagine that kind of life where you are concerned for brothers and sisters here, we're concerned for loving one another passionately as the Father has loved us, where those are our core concerns, Jesus is like, ask for anything. Ask for anything. As you go about the project, as you go about project love one another, Jesus is like, as you do that, remaining in my love, loving each other, ask for whatever you like. We're into that. Jesus is saying, my father's really into that. So ask for anything you want. And he'll give you the resources. He'll give you what you need to love one another, to fulfill this command. I'll give you all of heaven. will open up for this project love one another it's an encouraging word and i can say like it is it is tremendous let me just finish with this it is tremendous even as i look out on our church family here there is this kind of love happening it really is it's wonderful when we see it that it's not a tennis club or it's not a rugby club you know, when we come here, if this was a tennis club or a rugby club, we'd sort of rub shoulders with, oh, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going? Great. How's the job? Blah, blah. Like that. That would be the kind of thin community. Like sociologists talk about thin communities. But what we have here is much thicker. People are saying, what can I do for you? People are sticking around saying, is there something, what is going on with you? Tell me, how are you? 
There's prayer for one another. There's people reaching out to each other where there's need. I know those things are happening. The love of God is coming in and it's flowing out. Love one another so that my joy may be complete. Should we pray? Let's pray. Just think of the Maltesers and uh, that illustration there, the love of God, a vast and mighty river poured incessant from above, a gracious tide. It's so boundless. It's so measureless. It's a torrent. Lord, to just know and receive, to remain in that love will compel us like nothing else to love one another. And I pray, Lord, that as a church family here, we would so know this love of God that it would be meted out, it would be worked out amongst us in powerful ways. Lord, we pray for those who have need. We pray for those amongst us who are sick. We pray for those who require a listening ear. We pray for us as we go about doing these things for one another, even in this service, even after this, these few moments over coffee. Lord, make us channels of your great love for us, reaching out to one another. And we pray... In Jesus' name, amen.